0: Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive. I am your host, Victor Escalante. We're thrilled to bring you yet another captivating episode that is sure to inspire. Joining us today is a remarkable young immigrant from Mexico on the brink of achieving millionaire status in her journey. With her insights and expertise, she set to shed light on the path to success in the realm of real estate. So without further ado, let's dive right in and discover the strategies that can pave your way to a million dollar real estate portfolio. Friends, we now have Jasmine Salinas. Jasmine, welcome to Latinos Who Thrive. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. It's a pleasure being with you. So tell us, uh, Jasmine, where are you originally from?
1: I was born and raised in Mexico and moved here when I was 19.
0: Okay, that's why you have such a strong accent. (laughs) I do. (laughs) The reason that people have strong accent uh, as adults when they learn a second or third language as adults is because their brain is wired already, it's fixated. Although there's things that you can do to overcome uh, the strong accent of your native tongue just embrace it. It's like a lot of Latinos uh, come on the show. They're pretty proud of their strong accent uh, that makes them sound unique, that makes them sound special. So I encourage everyone to accept themselves fully and completely where they are and just improve where wherever they want to improve.
1: You're right. <laughs> we just got, have to embrace it. One of the things that I always say if, if it was because of my accent and all that, I will never speak, you know, because, you know, it's definitely not right all the time, but we just got to deal with it, got to embrace it and just keep moving.
0: <laughs> so, Jasmine, tell our listeners what you do for a living.
1: I do commercial real estate. Uh, I specialize on buying apartment buildings and help people invest their money in those
0: assets. When I was at the Houston Business Journal in 2009, the research that we were looking at was that there was going to be a housing crisis Based upon the economic downturn. And although we are in, living in different times, there was going to be housing insecurity for a lot of families, and they were moving to apartment complexes. And a lot of investors back then were looking to really capitalize on that by getting into large apartment complexes and in, basically any kind of housing for the low income or for the middle income. Families that were losing their homes, tell us what is the current condition you're you're in the
1: spot definitely you know we all know that we're going through a recession, so that means less people are able to buy a house, but they also they also need a house to live in they need a place to live in so renting an an apartment is an option for many people. So yeah, definitely there is some uh, there is that factor that is bringing so much people to apartments, and also people who are immigrating to 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 the states. You know, like Texas. Uh, we we invest in several markets, but pe- you know, people from California are moving to Texas. People from New York are moving to to Florida. So all those partners that are making the multifamily industry very profitable for investors right now.
0: Tell us, how many people are moving to, from California to Houston uh, on an annual basis? Do you have that number?
1: I don't, no. The reason no. I was
0: asking you is because the number that I heard from an uh, agency that promotes uh, Houston, I believe is, is, is Houston one or something one, They threw out the number of 100,000 families moving from California to Houston. That is a significant increase to be able to provide housing for all those families. So tell us, how did you get into this industry or this particular niche of real estate?
1: Sure. So I, I've been doing real estate for the last four years. And but what I mean, I had run a business, just buying and reselling land. And it's been a great business. But I, I realized that it's just like, you know, growing your money, like getting quick, uh, getting rich quick. But I wasn't really building any wealth for the long term. And I was just like facing that face, like, what should I do next? There are so many things that you can do in real estate. Uh, get an Airbnb, buy a house, fix it, sell it. There's so many things that you can do. So I was just exploring all the avenues in real estate and I came across multifamily. I attended one of the real estate summits and everything made sense to me. I was like, okay, so you're telling me that instead of owning a house, I can own a whole building that, you know, 100 people live in there. For sure, you know is that possible? I thought uh, like that wasn't even possible. like I don't have that much money to buy most of the most of us will think like I need like two million dollars in my bank account to buy this kind of properties but um so of course, you know, it makes sense to me how quick you can scale instead of owning one house or two houses you own the whole building that uh the tax benefits there's so many tax benefits. Uh, as an investor that we take advantage. The number three is just like, it's a hedge against inflation. Right now we are going through recession, inflation, and that's the safest place to put your money. Uh, so yeah, I just decided like, okay, this makes a lot of sense to me. This is what I want to do next. And I started connecting with all the people who were doing already multifamily and
0: People who I was, um, I'll be comfortable working with. So let me ask you this How did you make the leap of buying individual properties to owning multifamily apartment complexes? How did you do it?
1: So, okay, when you come into this industry, What is, uh, I will say the first thing it was mindset, you know, having the mindset that yes, it is possible people are doing it. I can also do it. You know, let's make
0: a quick pause because, because I want to really squeeze everything I can out of your strategy. I want to tell the listeners that you got on my radar because you were attending a Grant Cardone training in Arizona, which is high octane high power training for people that are in real estate investing. So was it that mindset that you already had uh, or you had to develop of the grand cardones of this world or, or tell us how you did it? How did you shift your mindset to being wealthy and just attracting wealth and moving in the circles of very wealthy people?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I have so much to say here. So of course, you know, I always like had this mindset of, I want more, or, you know, I think I, I, I want to get something else. I, I'm born to do more, but definitely putting myself in rooms where I'm the smallest fish, when I'm like, you know, the, the up, up, up and coming person. It's definitely, it just changes the whole perspective. Like I've been sitting with millionaires, billionaires, people who has done 10 times what I want to do. You know, like you set your goals and okay, in five years and in one year I want to accomplish this. These people did 10 times, have done 10 times what I ever imagined. And it's like, oh wow. So that definitely shifts your perspective. Like I need to, oh, it is possible, she is doing it, he is doing it, and just opens the whole uh, perspective, the whole landscape of what is possible in the world. You know, like sometimes we're so close to what we know, what we have in touch by our family, but by the government, and it's just like when you put yourself in those rooms where people are 10 times ahead of you, it's just, it just changes the whole perspective, and it, it pushes you to dream bigger, to have bigger goals, bigger targets.
0: Did you ever feel you didn't belong there? Suffering from the imposter syndrome?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, all the time. You know. Um, of course, every time, I will say all the time. The only thing, like, I feel like we all have those uh, thoughts, especially, you know, just being Latino, the the immigrant woman, he came and is trying to, you know, find her way. Of course, I have those thoughts. And that's normal for all of us because the reality is, like, we all have challenges, we all have, like, these insecurities. But what makes a difference uh, is for how long you're going to keep those thoughts. Because you can have them and identify them as like, okay, let me brush them off and continue. But if you let them sink, you're just not going to take action. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I don't belong here. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, my gosh. You know, like everybody here is a billionaire. What am I doing here? So if you let those thoughts sink, you're never going to do anything.
0: That's correct. In our previous interview, we had a an attorney that works at the uh, she's a latina she's an immigrant she's a first gen latina uh, daughter of immigrant parents from mexico and she works at the Tony Busby law firm which is located like on the 7th the 5th floor of the Chase Tower building downtown and she talks extensively and candidly about how she struggled with the imposter syndrome, even considering turning down a job at a prestigious big law firm prior to the Tony Bus law firm, because she didn't think that she was smart enough. Even though she had been offered the job and she obviously qualified, she thought about not even accepting the offer. So.
1: Right. I can 100% believe you just because it's a mindset. It's sometimes like and one of the things that I always say, you know, for example, let's put an example, like being on a podcast. Sometimes it's like, oh, what, am, you know, like I can't even speak English. Like, what am I going to write? But it's like, well, he knows that, you know, the host knows that he has seen my videos. He has met me somewhere he knows I, you know english is not my first language and although he's still inviting me so it's not up to me like i'm not deciding you know and i've been in this situation so many times you know with my current business partners of course you know it's like i'm the least smart the less person with less net worth all those things less degrees and all that but they all know that. And they all, they, uh, however, they decided me to be part of equity partner of them. They see something in me. So it's not up to me. I, I'm not here to judge me because they know, you know? So
0: sometimes like we are our biggest um, enemies.
1: Yeah, the enemies. Yes. All
0: right. So go ahead. Tell us in the small steps you took. Uh, you change your mindset that uh, just made up your mind that, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. Uh, whatever anyone else can do, I can do it. If I have the right connections, if I have the right mindset, if I have the right strategy. So what was your strategy for getting into these circles and being at the table?
1: Yeah. So once I decided this is what I want to do, I start connecting with all the people people who were doing it and asking them, like, how do you start it? And, you know, I was looking to partner up with the right people because I also knew my strengths and my weaknesses, you know. And, for example, build, buying a whole apartment building, it requires so much, like, you know, a lot of data, analytics, underwriting. There's so much behind uh, just building a single house, right? So I I knew I couldn't do it by myself, and I started to when I started connecting, I was like, okay, how am I gonna do it? Because clearly half you know I I half of the things that I require to buy apartments, I don't have. You know the numbers side of my brain, you know the network, the balance sheet, the the loan needs to make sure you're gonna be able to afford a fifty million dollar property. How am I gonna do that? So what I did is like I'm gonna start where I am with what I have. My background is in sales. So I, I you know and I had a job, um, a double A job working for a real estate investment firm. So like my job was to to connect with investors. And that's what I did. I connected with these guys and I told them, this is my background. I think this is how I can add value to you. I can do investor relations and I pretty much told them how I could add value to them, raising capital. You know, when I went to these events, I realized like, oh, who doesn't need money for the deals? Everybody needs money to buy these apartments. So I was like, if I can raise money, you know, it kind of translates to sales, like bringing investors to put their money. Uh, That is going to open the door for me to work with anybody. So to answer your question is just like, I just started with what I
0: had. Where I was. Okay. The next question, you don't have to answer it because it may be a question that you may have to kill me if you answered it. (laughs) But where did you find these investors? Or were they already part of your social circle having worked for another company that that's exactly what you were doing? Was was moving in the high-powered investor circle that you could basically just redirect the partners or the investors to the new venture?
1: It's, you know, that's a great question because so many people will see like, oh, that's a whole nother world. Like I I can't even tap into that world. But once I set up my mind, this is another part. Like once I set up my mind that this is what I'm going to do next, I started attending to all the events, start showing up everywhere. All the events in the industry, it's just like if you are in dance or if you're in cooking, mm-hmm. you start building the community and events that everybody does at right? So it's the same thing here. Investors, are, there is events going everywhere all the time. So you start showing up and connecting with all these investors as business partners and people who want to put their money most people don't know about that they can also invest their money or their retirement account in this in this kind of investments. So, just telling people what I do, uh, you never know. You never know who you're talking to.
0: So I can imagine that you branded yourself, <laughs> being at all these events, and people got to know you, and people got to trust you, and people got to like you, to start doing business with you, to to start putting deals together. Is that? The short end of it?
1: Yes, for sure. You know, people, people make business with people that they like and trust. Yeah. And if yeah. you show up in one event, yeah, they will see you. But if they see you over and over and over again and they don't see you, but you're on social media and they see you again. And also, of course, that's what I was imp- it was so important for me to partner with the right people, somebody who I can leverage. Because, yeah, she's everywhere, you know, she's moving and shaking. But if you don't have the right team, a strong team who is backing you up on all these deals, I mean, at the end, it's numbers. And at the end, investors want to make sure their returns are going to, you know, we're going to meet their returns. So it's just like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is how I added value to them. Like, I'm going to be the face. I'm going to put myself out there, bring investors, and these guys are the brains. Uh, and that's how we complement
0: it. You're listening to another episode of Latinos Who Thrive with special guest Jasmine Salinas, real estate investor. We'll be right back. Are you looking to take your career to the next level? Do you want to stand out from the crowd and make a lasting impression? Then look no further. Introducing the ultimate game changer, the Escalante Public Speaking Mastery Course. In today's competitive world, effective communication is the key to success. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, the ability to speak confidently and persuasively is a game changer. I know, because I have lived through it. That's why the Public Speaking Mastery Course is here to unlock your full potential. The comprehensive course is designed to transform your public speaking skills from good to extraordinary. I will be guiding you through a step-by-step process, helping you overcome stage fright, craft compelling messages, and deliver impactful presentations. When I took the Dale Carnegie School of Public Speaking and Human Relations, it changed my life, and I will be able to help you do the same. My career in journalism and training and development was built on having the skills to be able to communicate to a team or thousands. I hold nothing back. I will give you all my trade secrets and how you can thrive and crush it. Imagine walking into a boardroom and captivating your audience with your powerful presence. Picture yourself confidently leading meetings, delivering persuasive pitches, and commanding attention in every interaction. With the Public Speaking Mastery Course, you'll be equipped with the skills to excel in any professional situation. If you're ready to take the step and supercharge your career, enroll in the Public Speaking Mastery Course today. All the information and the cost is in the show notes. Don't let fear hold you back. Unlock your potential, elevate your career, and become a master of public speaking. Go to the show notes to register today to secure your spot in the next session of Public Speaking Mastery Course. Public Speaking Mastery Course empowering professionals, transforming careers, act now and make a lasting impression in every opportunity that comes your way. You will be glad you did and you will thrive for the rest of your life. We now return you to Latino Sutra with special guest Jasmine Salinas. Which reminds me of of that saying of, of that you need to be so good that they cannot ignore you. Right. And basically right. they could you could you are that kind of person that would not be ignored because you're everywhere and you got value coming out of your pores because you have investors and you have capital to bring to the table.
1: Yes, thank you. you <laughs>
0: leverage. You leverage your network. Yeah, which, we can which I'm sure is worth a lot of money. Your network, <laughs> your social network. We have uh, three kinds of capital. Uh, hard currency capital, social capital, which you were very rich in because of attending all these events and um the intellectual capital to know how to put together deals and if you didn't know how to put them you found someone that could teach you how to put together deals
1: exactly and most people will think oh i gotta wait like i need to learn everything and i need to be okay in every single aspect the reality is like you're ne- never gonna be ready and that's what i decided like if i wait until i can understand everything and have the net worth and, you know, be ready to buy this kind of assets. It's going to take me 200 years. So it's like, I got to start where I am.
0: Tell us at the end of the year, what is your projected net worth going to be? And if you don't want to answer that, yeah. If you don't want to answer that, that's okay.
1: No. Yeah. This, this year I'm going to be a millionaire. Officially my net worth is going to be 1 million.
0: Congratulations! Tell us how you are. Uh, how old you are, Jasmine?
1: I'm 29.
0: <laughs> well, okay.
1: In November, I'm gonna be 30. So
0: yeah. okay, 30 year old Latina from Mexico with a net worth of a million dollars by year's end. It sounds easy, and it is if you put the 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 grit into what you do. And if you follow the right strategy, and if you're in the right, if you move in the right circles, but was it that easy? What were the obstacles that you had to overcome?
1: Everything, you know, just from coming to this country, not speaking the language, not having papers, uh, starting from scratch. Like my first job was at the fast food restaurant, you know, getting my degree. It was just like everything, being alone, being lonely, being heartbroken, being just like pretty much like devastated inside and pretty much pick up myself and start all over again. I mean, that was a lot.
0: (laughs) As a little girl, did you have big dreams? Yes. What were your big dreams?
1: I always wanted to own my own company. I always... I always have this entrepreneur side in me. My first official business, I launched it when I was 15. I founded my first business. Uh, I believe growing up a little girl, I remember like selling Barbie clothes at the school. And, you know, I always wanted to have my own business. I wasn't sure what, but I always had that
0: dream. Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Because generally, Entrepreneurship is learned early like you at home because you get encouragement from parents. Do you come from entrepreneurial parents?
1: Yes, my dad is an entrepreneur and pretty much I had my mentor at home which was That's great.
0: great. That's great. Now, what advice would you give to other Latinas that are listening to this interview as far if they want to be a millionaire? What advice would you give them? that you have learned firsthand from experience that you have paid a lot of money uh, and a lot of sweat equity in acquiring that experience. What advice would you give others?
1: Bet on yourself. If you want to do something, if you have a dream, God gave you that dream because of our reason. So you just need to bet on yourself, have the mindset to pursue whatever those goals are.
0: So you're talking about personal development, develop your mindset. Okay. So how did the first
1: investment that we all should do, invest how, in ourselves.
0: How did you do it? What books did you read? What trainings did you attend?
1: So I have, well, I attend to a lot of the, um, Brand cardon um, Summit's events, you know, that's where you saw me just because it just had changed completely my mindset, um, I read a lot. I listen now, to a lot of podcasts.
0: Grand Cardone's programs are not cheap. Tell us, how much did you pay f- to attend that, that Arizona summit?
1: For the Arizona, it wasn't much. Uh, it was uh, 1000
0: Okay, so 1000 plus uh, travel expenses. That's cheap considering the knowledge that you got, Correct. Yes. Have you already been able to leverage that knowledge and get a return on investment? That whatever you invested in that trip, have you already made it back and many times over?
1: Oh, yeah. On Actually, on every event that I go, not just Grand Cardone, but any event, like at least I walk out with one investor, at least one people who at one point just, in, if it's not on the spot, because most of the time it's not like people are going to be like, yeah, here it is. Uh, my money invested in this deal. But I always walk out with contacts and at least one investor. And yeah, I mean this this trip was very cheap, you know, but there I'm also part of several masterminds. You know for the for the real estate club you pay twenty five thousand to be part of it. For other one that I pay fifteen thousand. So it's just a lot of investment you in know in myself. But at the same thing, like if you don't spend the money on investing in yourself on acquiring skill sets that are valuable for the marketplace, you're not going to be of value to high caliber guys. You know, if I wasn't in that position, adding value to these guys, I mean, what would they have me?
0: Exactly. So you, you invested in developing the intellectual capital. And expanding your social capital to seek out investors. I remember talking to a a billionaire in a training that I attended uh, years ago. And he said, Victor, I attend a lot of these events, not necessarily thinking that I'm going to have a return on investment right away. He says, I just want to know what's the newest thing out there. In other words, he always wants to be at the forefront of what's the latest new thing out there that I should get involved in. And I thought that was very interesting because again, unless you attend events in person, people are not gonna share with you uh, the information that you need to know because you haven't paid the price. You don't have any sweat equity in the information. So why should people... give it away to you unless there is some reciprocity to be able to provide value as as you have emphasized. It's like, what value can I give you or what value can I bring to the table to do business together?
1: You're right. You're right. Absolutely right. And It's just investing in yourself. Like, if you don't invest in yourself, what makes you think that somebody else is going to invest in
0: yourself? Exactly, exactly. So tell us, what authors have you read that have had the biggest impact on you since you're a constant reader?
1: Uh, One of the last ones that impacted me a lot is uh, The Power of One More by Ed Ledge. He just talks about how important it is to show up one more time. Do you think I want to show up to these events all the time and go talk to everybody? No, it's totally out of my comfort zone. But let me go talk to one more person. Let me make one more call. If I'm at the gym, let me do one more rep. And it's just like the compound Mm -hmm. effect. Like now... You can be like, oh yeah, she's a millionaire. She's thirty years old. Wow! But it's been ten years. Ten years starting from scratch, and right now it's like probably you can see a little bit of success in me. But it's been ten years, like sweating, crying, like doing it one more time, and that's you know I'm such a believer on the compound effect.
0: Yes, your comment takes me to years back when. I worked in sales, and it was Christmas Day, and I could have gone home, but I decided, again, I got to make that one more call. It turned into a $30,000 sale and a big commission. Because again, people who have that mindset, they may not feel like it, but they're going to push themselves to make that other call, to send out that other email to make that other post on social media and uh talk to us about the effect of compounding uh net results
1: to me it's just like the little decisions that you make every day is what it, so uh i actually out has a great analogy and for latinos this is gonna be great because we're all gonna okay. understand he talks about the analogy of the piñata, right? Like when little kids have a birthday party, they have a piñata and then all the little kids go and hit the piñata and it's like one kid, two kids, it's like 10 kids and the piñata is still there, doesn't break. And then finally the little kid, the last kid comes and hits the piñata and all the candy come out. And everybody, and everybody's super happy picking up the candy. And Edmile asked his wife, What broke the pinata? That little tiny kid or all the kids? And she said, All the kids. And he said, Exactly. That's how life is. You don't break the pinata with one hit, it's the compound of hitting, hitting, hitting over and over again until it breaks. So it's the little decisions that we make every day that are going to move us forward to to achieve our dreams, our goals.
0: Absolutely. I had heard, an, I love your analogy because I had heard another version of the stonemason that hits a stone a hundred times and on the hundredth time it cracks. And it was all the ones that came before that that mattered. It wasn't just that one hit that you, that you hit the stone and it, and it splits, so uh, I- I'm going to steal your analogy <laughs> for persistency and and something that people can relate because how many people can relate to being a stonecutter?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> but everyone relates to being a piñata hitter. Yes. Tell us, Jasmine, what have been the absolute hardest challenges that you have faced up to now?
1: I guess. Uh... Just coming um uh, and just the immigration process you know for immigrants takes so long and at one point, I felt like they are like they have me with my hands tied up, like they are breaking they are cutting my wings, like I knew I was born to do something with my life, I knew I could add more to the marketplace that I have some sort of skill set. But just, like, not being able to work, it, it was, like, a lot, you know? Are you a DACA <laughs>
0: recipient? Are you a DACA no. recipient? No? I'm
1: not. I'm I, was, I, I couldn't qualify for that, so, you
0: Did know. you end up marrying a citizen? No, I haven't gotten married.
1: You know, I didn't want to take the shortcut. That's another thing about me. Is like, yeah, I mean, my values Understand. were pretty
0: Understand. simple. What advice would you give to that little girl that had big dreams? When you were a little girl growing up in Mexico, uh, selling, selling uh, Barbie doll clothes, since Barbie is such in fashion right now. Yes. <laughs> what advice would you give that younger Jasmine?
1: Everything is going to be okay. Just don't give up. Believe in yourself. Keep going. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to make it.
0: Do you mentor other Latinas that uh, may be struggling?
1: No. No? We'd love to. No.
0: Do you have any kind of uh, philanthropy endeavors that you're involved in to give back to the community or to other Latinos?
1: I have, a, I funded a, a group of women. And this is not just for Latino, for, it's mainly for women who are looking to create wealth, invest, but also grow in every single aspect of their lives, like personally, professionally, spiritually. So, I have that community where you know I gather all these women, we have talks and and all that, and that's what I do
0: why don't you go ahead and give us the name of that group and I'll put the information in the show notes
1: sure the The group is called she, and it's she builds she owns she invests she's me, and she's you, so I love it. yeah. Every all the ladies uh who are looking to invest and grow on every single aspect, it's a great community to be part. Of. It's totally free. I don't make any money out of that. It's just like having you know the purpose is to help, support, and inspire each other in this journey.
0: Why did you do that, Jasmine?
1: Just to give back, give back uh to me. Just like you said, you know, I attend to all these events. I have this. Great mentors, business partners, and that is like part of my daily life. But for the reality, is for most of the people out there, they don't have access to all that. So it's just me opening the door to me, to my co founders, and to all our network. You know, all our people that we meet at these events, we bring them to speak, to share the knowledge uh, that can help us and fast track our goals. So we always uh, look for investors who are, I mean, for the uh, speakers who are like 10 times ahead of us. So all of us can benefit from it.
0: What has surprised you the most in forming this group?
1: How much impact have we have made in, in the ladies? Sometimes How big they, is the group? Um, I mean, we have... Um, 50 women who show up every call. And then on the Facebook group, if you find, if you look up us on some Facebook, we have a group It's like 300 women.
0: Okay. That's so awesome. we just,
1: I just started that like couple, like three months ago. So it's been growing so much, but you know, just responding to your question, like when I go to these events, so many women come up to me and say, thank you so much for sharing. I love what you're doing. I love your talk, you know, when you spoke about this and that, it hit me. It just like you impacted me. So that that's very amazing. You know, you never know who you're impacting.
0: That is awesome. Absolutely. Any final words, Jasmine? Um
1: uh, no, just um if I can just leave you with one piece of advice is Always put God first. He will open the doors. It doesn't matter your immigration status, your network, your challenges, your barriers. Like He will make it happen.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And we got to have you back because we got to follow your trajectory and, and have you back after you made your first million and the next one so that you can share with us how it gets easier uh as you move forward because again you have the three capitals: the social the intellectual and the hard currency to control your own destiny
1: thank you thank you so much victor so many people say like the first million is the hardest and i can tell you yeah it's been 10 years you know grinding 100 percent uh so yeah hopefully everything gets easier after this
0: (laughs) Yes, we're going to have to leave it there. Until next time, my friends, go out and thrive.